In this episode of Novel Predictions, Kale thought this love story was going to have more hot air balloon chases. Like, I was highly expecting, like, some sort of great mouse detective hot balloon race across Big Ben yeah. shit while the big bad is, like, turning mad and evil. At this, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was expecting. It was, like, some yeah. sort of showdown, and it wasn't. Welcome back to Novel Predictions. I'm Allison, and this month I reread Timekeeper. Hi, and I'm Kales, and I read it for the first time. Yeah. So thank you guys for your patience. Um, as you know, technically we don't have to do podcasting together, so we can still keep our social distancing. But there was just a lot of anxiety going on. Um, I know with like my job and Allison's job and I had to come back from Florida and I had like been to just Disney World recently and we were like, am I sick? Like there was just a lot of really stressful situations happening and both of us were trying to figure out our lives. And so podcasting had to be put on hold for a little while, which is not the end of the world, but we're just really grateful that you guys were understanding. Um, We do want to continue to provide content and continue to you know, have this novel predictions book club so that you can read these things and maybe, you know, support your local independent bookstore this time and buy it from them who a lot of them are still doing online orders uh, during this time. But we just want to say thank you for your understanding and we're happy to be back. Right? Yeah. And last time we record, you heard us on this podcast, the world hadn't exploded quite yet in our neck of the woods. So um, yeah, thanks for being patient with our scheduling. Um, it's still March, so I feel like we're still in it. It counts. <laughs> it counts. It counts. You March just don't get a bonus episode. March had an extra week, so no bonus episode. Um, but we just had a little, you know, COVID time A off. COVID hiccup. A COVID <laughs> hiccup. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so we are happy to be back. We're happy to talk about Timekeeper. Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited to see what Kales is going to make me read next. So she's going to hate me. I'm going to I'm going to just warn everybody right now. I picked a happy thing, but I think it's not Allison's happy thing. So we're just going to. Um, well, at least it's happy. It is. It's happy. OK, so I can deal with that. But let's well, you can torture me later. OK, right now I'm torturing you. Uh, no. OK, so how did you like Timekeeper? So here's the thing. I I didn't I I liked it. I did end up really liking it. Um I think I think these novel prediction things are so hard because I went into it with this one expectation and then when that didn't happen, I was like yeah. almost disappointed. Yeah. But then I had to re- I really had to take a step back and look at it and be like, "Okay, no, Michaela, just because it wasn't like your action-packed adventure like you thought it was going to be does not make it any less of a good book." Right. You know, it was so much more of a love story, which I guess I just should have known going in, <laughs> like knowing who you are and knowing like what type of books we you give me that like I should have just gone for that. And instead of like the evil villain taking over everything when it really is just at its core it's a love story um and it I so I ended up giving it a four out of five stars um because I did really like it but I had to like I said I had to take a physical step back when I was giving the review because I first gave it a three out of five stars and I was like wait a second why and I was like why did you yourself no I did and I was like why did you say you didn't like this this much and I was like it's not true. I just was expecting something different. And um, so after I checked myself, I realized I really enjoyed it. And it's it's a cute little book. I will be honest. I don't think I want to read the rest of the series. I know that sounds silly, but like I have no interest. I just kind of like where it ended. And I just want to pretend that they're happy and everybody's okay. And I don't 
I don't want to get into more of it. <laughs> like the secret note he got at the end, I was like, mm, I don't care. I'm going to just pretend that doesn't exist and that they're just going to live in the town happily ever after and it's fine. <laughs> I feel similarly. Like I want it to be like, oh, it's not an, a- I don't want it to be a happy for now. I want it to be a happy ever after. Like that's exactly. it. We're done. You live in this town forever. We're not going to think about the consequences of when Danny dies and Colton's alone again. Like we're not going to think about any of that. We're just going to enjoy this love and live in it. Yes. <laughs> You know, um, I'm glad you liked it, though. I did. I did like it. I thought it was, you know, for a mid list. It was really great. I I'm sad that more people don't know about it. It was her debut, I think. Well, it was really good. And I mean, like I said, I, I still am obsessed with the world. I think the world building was the best part. Um, I'm still not sold on their relationship as being the most healthy thing ever. Yeah. But but. But if you let yourself kind of fall into the fantasy of it um, and like you would with a fairy tale, you know what I mean? You don't go right. into it thinking about the fact that like Rapunzel is 18, Flynn Rider's 26, and he and she's never seen another man before in her entire fucking life. Right. Like and you don't go into Beauty and the Beast thinking like, well, this is fucked. Like she was a captive. Like, yes. Or you should. You you do now. But you, you do now. You were a child. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying is that like, so if you think of this as like a fairy tale of a clock falling in in love with a mechanic. Right. Then it is a really sweet story. You know what I mean? Just don't overanalyze the fact that the clock is physically hurting itself to see him and that's not healthy. But yeah. <laughs> but and the fact that the sacrificing of the town it was it's fine. I I'm trying to not make excuses for it cuz I don't want to I just I seriously feel like that it's a great fairy tale. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about it. Because it's also, you know, there's also a fairy tale villain. You know, it's his uncle man who fell in love with a, a clock spirit and like tried to steal her away. And that got all awry. And he kind of got in his own head about it. And um, I kind of liked the fact that there wasn't like a big bad, you right. know, as I was reading it, that I, I really did enjoy the fact that that it was his uncle who had just kind of lost his way when it came to love and guilt and I um I don't know I just I really uh I ended up liking it even though I got it wrong and it wasn't my type of story but it was just a really nice fairy tale well written fairy tale too yeah I think it I think it is really well written I um originally when I read this book I rated it five stars and I actually ended up bringing my rating down a little um, that's okay I, I rated it four um this time around because of two things one i think was i because of our conversation in the first episode and also just you know reading it through a different lens yeah uh, and at a different time in my life i was a little bit more not well i was a little less on board with the relationship i guess um yeah because of that like self-harming that Colton was doing and because I know we talked at the end of the predictions episode and said well maybe if he doesn't do it again like it'll be okay but he does I think one more time yeah it's one more time near the end and when that happened near the end um I was like oh man like come on like I thought we were over this you know right Um, so that was frustrating I still love them and I love I think Danny is like such a great main character um yeah he's he's like super neurotic and weird and i think that that's really awesome yeah um and that's written really well but i also but yeah that part i was kind of like i don't like that and then what was the other thing you said you weren't 
you said you weren't super on board with the relationship, but that uh, that I think is enough to knock it down a star. Like yeah. for me, you I know, think that was it, most of it. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, it's a really cute relationship in terms of when you think about this innocent clock spirit and this boy who is a mechanic, a young mechanic who's grieving and has his own kind of loss and is haunted by, um, you know, these past things and that there are these, you know, clocks that are blowing up. And it's it's a really well-crafted, well-woven story. It just, I think, has some flaws in it that a sensitivity reader might have caught nowadays. Right. I also think it's a couple of things that I really loved is I really actually loved Matthias as the villain. Oh, I thought it was excellent. Because he's so he's so not a villain. He's just like no. broken and doesn't know what to do and being selfish. Yeah. And he's like super, super, super human in that way. And I think that that's really cool because it, it takes the idea of like, you know, the, the villain of the story, especially in a fairy tale, and kind of flips it on its head and said, no, this person is just like sad or or upset or broken and and doesn't know how to manage that well um right and is selfish you know what i mean right and, and it isn't that and he also feels guilty you know oh, like yeah. i he totally he's living three years with the fact that and that's why he probably tries to step into danny's life of being like a father figure because he knows that he took this clock away and in consequence took Danny's father away. Well, and he doesn't want to let Danny's father go because if he lets him go, then he'll tell. And then, yeah. you know, like, so I I don't know. I feel like that villain building was really well done. Um, it was like, a way, a, oh, go ahead. It, it's in a way that didn't make him feel evil. Like, because I feel like, you know, um, I'm thinking of like Big Hero 6 where the, the villain ends up being... Ugh. I love Big Hero 6, whatever, McKaylee. But the villain ends up being, um, spoilers for Big Hero 6, the villain ends up being, like, the mentor for the the big brother or whatever. And instead of it being, like, I have these reasons for doing these things and I I feel guilt about it, he's just evil all of a sudden. Yeah. And he was evil the whole time and he was pretending not to be evil. But Matthias isn't evil the whole time and pretending not to be evil. He's just a human man who's lost his way and doesn't know how to get back to a place of normalcy. Right, which I can go off on a rant another day about my problem with Big Hero 6, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, and the fact that they're all the same goddamn plotline. And it's not a renaissance or a regurgence. Oh, and um, Moana, same thing. Like, they're all the fucking same. And it's all because they're written by the same woman who doesn't know how to write a different plot line. But that's my mini version. My point is <laughs> that this this felt justified. It didn't yeah. it, but it also felt like a good villain origin story in the sense of it wasn't like the fucking Joker Joker or Maleficent or it's like or even um uh, you haven't read the Lunar Chronicles, but um, I've read the first one. Okay, but so well she write uh, Marissa Meyer wrote a novella called Fairest, which was about Lucerna's story. Oh right, yeah turning her into the villain and it was really that like um cinder's mom was actually the evil one and then just like tortured her daughter or her her sister and abused her into becoming evil and like i didn't like that either and it just it doesn't it it's this felt like he wasn't evil it felt in a weird way that like that's not how you would classify him you would use the word like broken and um damage and guilt-ridden and selfish you know what i mean that's right. what they try and make you feel with those movies 
And maybe it's different because, like, I don't know, he didn't technically kill anybody. He just froze them in time. So maybe no, it he feels... Killed, he killed Lucas. Oh, he did kill Lucas. That's right. Oh, I don't think he meant to, but he totally did. Yeah. but he, And he obviously felt guilty about it, but at the same time, like... He still he, didn't say anything. Right. He didn't come forward or stop what he was doing. And, like, that's the, the hard part, too, is... And what I think is so great about these characters is there's so much emotion in this book and like so oh my god so much trauma um like danny has all this trauma from his dad he has all this trauma from his mom and his relationship which them coming back together was maybe one of my favorite like relationships of the plot too yes um and then on top of it he finds out that the man who he looks up to and who has he thought was protecting him this whole time doesn't actually give a fuck about him no like he he kind of does but not enough to do anything differently so no like just enough to make it hurt right exactly so there was a lot of it's it's funny because i feel like this is in essence a love story but there is so much pain yeah from both danny and colton and the the side characters and it's it's really well written um but I think that with a love story, there can be pain with it, too, because I think that while, yes, it is a romantic love story at its core, but like Danny and his mom have to reconcile and right. Danny and Matthias and then Matthias and his love clock spirit, whose name I can't remember. You know what I mean? And then there's like the friendship love between him and Cassie. And it's just like, I think that it's a love story all the way around. I don't think it I don't think it has to be limited to just the romantic love between Danny and Colton, but I really do think that's what it is. You know what I mean? But it's also really interesting too, like, cause Colton, I don't know. There was a really interesting parallel to me between what Danny had to go through and what Matthias went through and like the choices that they made and how Danny chose to like come back and put the clock spirit back where he could have just taken the clock spirit away. And I don't know. It was just really interesting. And even though, there was really great world building there at the end. I was having trouble with like, wait, how does this work? Like, why is he dying? I don't quite the life cog. How did he get up there with nobody noticing? Like there was just a lot going on and maybe I just was reading too fast to keep up with it. Well, yeah. Cause the, cause what's her name? Stole the cog. Not right. Matthias. Right. The one chick stole it. Daphne, I think is her name. Daphne. Yes. The, this her Scooby-Doo story character. was super tragic too oh my gosh hers and then with cassie and the brother it was actually really really depressing maybe that's why you knocked it off a star i also think it's funny that cassie like invented the seatbelt. yes book. <laughs> but um anyway so yeah i think i think this book is really great and i think it's an awesome recommend for people I yeah also think- especially those for those who like you know steampunk and ya and i think who who want a gay romance i think it's great Well, and I think it reads, like, if you take the fantasy part out of it, it reads like a contemporary novel in terms of, like, pacing and, like, there's no, like, big bad or whatever. You know, like, it's a family drama. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what's interesting about it and what maybe was confusing for your brain because it seems like it's going to be, like, this big fantasy, like, adventure. And then it really isn't. It's really, like, a contemporary realistic fiction book all about the emotions and the family and the love but just set in this kind of wacky wacky world right like I was highly expecting like some sort of great mouse detective hot balloon race across big ben 
yeah. shit while the big bad is like turning mad and evil at this you know what i mean like that's what i was expecting was like some yeah. sort of showdown and it wasn't when the closest we got to that is like danny learning that he could freeze time and then like having to do all these weird things while time was frozen and then unfreezing it for a second to tie up matthias and then freezing it for a second you know so yeah. that was like th- the most magic part i felt like um Aside again, from the fact that the clocks have spirits. Well, right. But that's like a latent magic thing. It's not like somebody performing magic. I guess. It's just like it exists and that's the way it is. Like. Fair. Clocks have spirits. And the Big Ben spirit is awesome. Oh, my gosh. I want a whole story about his history. <laughs> he seems so cool. Yeah. He seems baller. Yeah. So I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad I still liked it, even though yeah. I did knock it down a star. I just think that the relationship wasn't as swoony swoony yeah as i as i originally thought it was just because of that self-harm and because colton is like a newborn fawn i know Um, he's like fucking whiny (laughs) he's just a big baby and i was like okay like i get that you're naive in the ways of humans except for that you're thousands of years old and you've been observing them for that long so maybe you shouldn't be yeah so i don't know that was a little bit annoying to me um and i was kind of in love I know I and I'm I'm just because I'm this person I kind of wanted Colton to get over himself I knew he wasn't going to and I knew they were going to end up together and I was still happy with it by the end but I liked Holland and I was like kind of shipping that and I was kind of hoping that the ending was like you know I am resigned to the fact that I'm a clock spirit and my purpose is not to fall in love with somebody but is to watch over this town and to serve humanity and be this guardian right and i'm gonna let you go and love somebody else very like tuck everlasting you know what i mean how at the end of tuck everlasting it's like yeah sure the tucks were like fucked when it came to the fountain of youth and stuff but he didn't pull winnie into it he let her choose and he was he did he let her choose and he never forced her one way or the other and maybe i don't know i gotta go back and read the book but the musical he doesn't force her and so (laughs) my point is is that which is what i've been listening to lately so my my point is that like i would have just i kind of would have loved it and maybe it happens at the end of the trilogy i don't know but i kind of would have loved it i doubt it too it's probably gonna end up being that like Danny becomes his own clock spirit and they go off to clock spirit heaven together like that's or they like make colton a human yeah one of the two so but i would have loved this sort of relinquishing knowing that this relationship is not going to work and like is not going to last yeah I and would, i would have been down for that too this like grow like i don't know i just would have i just kind of want colton to grow a pair you know and like be okay with what he was given in life and and then let and if it wasn't holland but just let danny go because it's not i don't know i'm just struggling with it because like yes it's really happy for now and i'm gonna pretend that it's all okay but this is voice in my head that's like, y'all, um, <laughs> how's this going to work? Long-term? How's this going to work long term? <laughs> he's he's going to he's going to die. Yeah. Y'all need to realize that. So, I mean, maybe the rest of the series gives us more answers, but I am not going to go in search of those answers. I'm just going to pretend that it's fine. Um, but I do kind of wish that there was some I don't know. I would have been OK with that ending. I would have yeah. actually been really proud of that ending. Yeah, I think that would have... I mean, obviously, it's a trilogy, so you kind of can't... If this was an actual... Well, I was going to say an actual romance novel, but then it wouldn't have happened either. But um, 
if it was a standalone book, I feel like that could have been the outcome. But because mm-hmm. it's a trilogy, I can't imagine how they would have done that and still no. written more books. Unless yeah. they became like like mechanic and clock sidekick, like mystery solvers or something. Like yeah, not after totally those pivoted. kisses. Not it after those kisses. So funny that every time Colton got turned on, time got all fucked up. I loved it. Oh it my was gosh, hilarious! Like oh my god, poor guy, he got all flustered, it's and it so was just funny. Uh it was perfect though. Like you think about a teenage clock spirit. That's the other thing. It's like, is this clock spirit actually, does he look like a teenager? And then does. But the, um, the one looked like the little girl and Big Ben was old. And then like the one chick was ages. So how does that work? I don't know. Again, that might be another like trilogy explaining shit thing. But probably but as much as I loved this world, there were definitely some holes in it that I just was like, is it based off of how long the clock tower has been made? Is it like. Right, but because Big it ben, is a trilogy, like, holes are easy to fill later. Right, which is so. why I'm not going to harp on it. It's fine. I'm going to let it be where it is because I'm really not going to go finish this series. I, I'm – because I guess also the thing was this, too, is at the end, like, I wasn't intrigued enough to continue. I was, like, really satisfied. I was like, a note isn't going to do it for me. Yeah, I don't feel like there was enough of a hook for the next book. Yeah. To make me – like, if, if Danny got, like, shipped off to India – to do the exchange program, which I think is, I think he does go to India in the next book. And I don't know how Colton goes with him or if he does, but if he like got shipped off to India and they had to like fight back to each other, maybe I'd be intrigued enough to read the next book or something. Right. But that's not what happened. It was like, Oh, it's a happy ever after. And you're like, great, cool. I'm, I don't need to read more. Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) This is cool. I'm glad I enjoyed this small slice of love in my life. Right. And it was a really good audiobook. I enjoyed the audiobook too. Yeah, the audio was really good. Um, I listened to about half the book and read about half the book. Um, mm-hmm. I think I listened I, I to the, the whole thing. I liked the audio. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Like I said, it was a good read. I was glad I picked it, or I was glad you picked it. Excuse me. I was glad that I liked it. Yeah. And I, But I just had to take a step back from like examining it, what it was, and not what I thought it was going to be. I do you that know? too. And I, it's like you read a book and it's really good. I'm trying to remember an example of what it was. One of the books I just got very wrong Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good, but at the same time, I was so upset that I wasn't right that, or that like what I thought was going to happen didn't happen, that it was hard for me to pull away and say, okay, this is good, even though it's not my story. Right. Well, and it's also not only that it's my story, but that it was like, I don't know, cause sometimes that happens when you pick up a book and you know, you go into it and you're starting to think like if I would have picked up timekeep, well, I wouldn't have picked up timekeeper cause it had a shit blurb, but if I had picked it up <laughs> thinking that. I, I start to read it and my initial thoughts are, oh my God, this is going to be this adventure. Like I'm entitled to that disappointment at the end right. being like, oh, I thought this was going to be some adventure and I just ended up with a love story confusion. But so you're, I'm entitled to that disappointment. But because we're, I think because you and I are in this process, I probably would have DNF'd it. Like if I hadn't, if I wasn't being satisfied, like if I wasn't in the mood for a love story, you know, right, right, right. That I was seeking some sort of swashbuckling adventure Well, and maybe if the blurb was more representative, you would know going in. Yeah. That's why blurbs are important because, like, 
I know this is a romance novel because it blurbs it this way. Or I know exactly. this is, you know, a high fantasy because it blurbs it this way. Or the covers, too. You know what I mean? Like, people talk about in, in, in book publishing and marketing, like, there is a reason that certain covers look the way that they do. And, and you, it's a really fascinating study of, like, the trend of book covers mm-hmm. in different genres um, and different age groups um, and what they put on the cover. You know, there was, like, a whole time when YA covers were just, like, random stock photos of people right angsty teenagers right and then for a time it it became this like artsy vague some side kind of like i don't know i'm thinking of timekeeper and the fault in our stars and it doesn't really have like it means nothing and is nothing for the right, story right and then it maybe references like one line in the book that has nothing to do with the title or something like, yeah um and so I don't I don't know that it's just a very fascinating trend and I and I think that Timekeeper in when you look at it implies some sort of magic fantasy adventure it doesn't imply a romance a, a, romance, a steampunk yeah. romance it's interesting too because I feel like why uh, covers now they've all got like clues in them like yes not all of them I guess but like fantasy especially mm-hmm. they've got like five or six different little elements that are all clues about what the story and what's going on. Like I think of um, the Cruel Princes series covers. Oh yeah. And I have an arc of those. So it's just like a purple cover. As I was reading them, I would like look at the cover again and be like, Oh my God, that's why that's there. Which is my favorite kind of cover. Cause I love being able to be like, Oh look, I figured out your hint. Um, oh, that's like your um, uh, unru- uprooted is like that. Uprooted has a lot of them. It's like a whole puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just that that would have been a thing that like in my life I would have loved to write an essay on or like get a, you know, do a dissertation in just like that marketing of like what is the trend of of book covers. Um, book covers through the ages. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. That's just interesting to me because you think about also like re-releases, right? So like right. the Vampire Diary, I mean, Vampire Academy, excuse me, started out with this like really awful red blood cover and then it turned into like um you know the the V shapes with the A and was very like uh, stark colors, um, and then now they're putting like cartoon badass women on the cover. Like it's just so interesting to me <laughs> how things evolve. <laughs> so or I'm like sure that inter- some book cover graphic designer could talk a- to us about it. Yeah. So. But I we still don't, don't have guests on this podcast. No, we don't. Sorry, Not unless there, way, at least. unless there are our significant others, and <laughs> we're watching Hocus Pocus. So, <laughs> okay. Do you want to start doing questions? Sure, because I don't think. I mean, like, I think I got a solid average. Maybe. Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> maybe you maybe got like twenty five percent. Fuck, that's still a failure. Okay, <laughs> let's go into our questions. Um, yeah. on, on Novel Predictions, we asked a series of questions. Um, Michaela answered them in the first episode, and we're going to go through her answers now. <laughs> so the first, <laughs> the first question is always, does the main character fall in love? I got this one right, suckas. Kale said. Yes. But I'm, God, I'm still not comfortable with it. Really, like. The indications that I have right now are that it's, like, not a great relationship, and I'm not convinced of it. Yes. I did get this one right. You said yes, but, like, with an asterisk. You literally told me to put an asterisk on it. I did. Because you were hoping they wouldn't actually 
stay together and they would just be helping each other through the trauma which sounds like you still would have preferred that to happen but i'm also that kind of person like i as much as i love romance and allison has taught me to appreciate and love (laughs) romance i am still very much that that writer like i'm trying to and that that reader who's like where's the twist on this like let's right like who who loves fucking talk everlasting because she doesn't end up with a boy and and she she chooses this different life or um there's not a lot of them and i i just that's the one that's coming to mind right now or like even fucking bridge to terabithia where it's like the girl dies at the end they don't fall in love like it's it's i love those kind of i don't know realistic ones and i i love it especially in ya because you don't always end up with your high school sweetheart i know i'm talking to someone who did end up with her high school sweetheart but i, I just I don't know. I wish that more of those existed, but yeah. it's okay that they don't. <laughs> yeah. So you kind you got that one like mostly right, but I did. Got, I think you got it right, but you would you also voiced your preference for it not to be that way. Right. I was like, this is how I. You know, sometimes my mom and I do this when we watch like award shows or the Academy Awards. We'll like circle who we think is going to win, but then we'll like star who we want to win. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? So like. We, we don't we know for sure that um oh I was like really pissed off that like Greta Gerwig wasn't gonna win the adaptation screenplay but I circled her anyway because she was the only female on the list you know what I mean like things yeah. like that so yeah. I wanted them not to end up together but I knew they were going to right okay next question what tropes do you think you'll see Kale said can we have a straight best friend trope <laughs> I mean, like sure. he I would be I... he would be her gay best friend, but she's the she's like the oh, best the friend character. Yes, she's the classic best friend side character. Um, you said okay. You said a few things. You said missing father, which is true, and you already knew that. So it's kind of a cheater one. But well, I think a lot of these were cheater ones. It is a trope for sure. Yeah, um, young prodigy, which is true, and we don't really talk about it, like. It just is a thing that Danny's like the youngest mechanic ever, but it's not really right. part of the story. No, not other in the slightest. than people being prejudiced against him, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, you said straight best friend, so which is like kind of <laughs> yeah. a play on the gay best friend thing. Um, a drunk mentor. Nope. Which was not true. Nope. That one's not true. Love wins, which is true. Hey! Ex- except for how tragically Matthias's love does not win. Because I feel like it's selfish love versus selfless love, maybe? Yes. Um, you said past reflects present, which is pretty true, because Matthias and the clock tower, and then Col- and then Danny and the clock tower, like, right, have but parallel Danny- stories, but they divert. Yes. Right. So that was really good. Hey. And then you said time heals all, which is the most ridiculous. <laughs> In context of this book is the most ridiculous trope to have pointed out. I just am smiling cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, I don't think true. Nope. Not true. <laughs> I think it's true. Maybe the point of this book is that time doesn't heal all and you need to have action. Like making out with a clock spirit. Well, or like unsfusing your dad. I don't know. I don't know. I really did think that dad was dead, but that's fine. I mean, I think it's interesting that they, like, no time passed for him. And yeah. I, 
his reaction coming out of the bubble was weird to me because I feel like he should have been more like, holy shit, how much time passed? Instead of like, you're taller now. I yeah, thought only I, a day passed. Yeah, I was not happy with how that ended up. Yeah, I was like, mm, are you no, okay, thank you. buddy? The answer's no. He's not okay. <laughs> it's, he's not okay. I feel like there's going to be some kind of like repercussions for being stuck in a time loop for three years. You mean like when they finally got off the island and lost? I have not finished lost um i know what the i know the big spoilers but i don't but, give a shit about lost oh my god does no one else in my life like i don't have a single other friend that cares about lost it was like this thing that i watched in middle school with macon and his family and my family but like seth doesn't know it none of my friends in college watched it i was like was this a thing that happened like i just didn't care ah, it went I, on so long it was so obnoxious. just six seasons anyway yeah, but it's six seasons of like, oh, we figured out a thing. And then you're like, oh, JK, that thing isn't real. It's because the producers were mad that everybody figured out it was purgatory right off the bat. Yeah, so well, they need to stop being babies. Anyway. I know. This was a million years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> the next question was, is there a mentor? Kale said. Um, I think that Danny, Matthias is going to teach Danny about the dangers of like getting involved with a with a clock spirit get this right question mark i mean you said matthias and like he is danny's mentor i don't know if there is another one you but know he's also I mean? the villain so it's like but that could be both you know you're what I mean? right i mean i think you got it right because he is he is i don't think danny has another mentor no it's a fucked up relationship but I well don't and think if you danny think about another one but if you also think about the fact that like you know who does who does he go to when he's in trouble other than his love interest yeah. That who I think of is the mentor. You know what I mean? When Harry goes and seeks somebody out, he seeks out Dumbledore. When Luke right. Skywalker is seeking somebody out, he seeks out Yoda. And like those are the people the and the Obi Wan. Like those are the people that he's referencing. Yeah, and, and that's right. who he goes to reference. Yeah, it's just if Yoda decided to be the bad guy. Right. Here's where we kind of lose the thread. Oh my god, I'm fucked. The next question is who is the villain? This is so bad. Kale said no. The the two mechanic okay. guys are the villain, but they're driven by a bigger villain. You said the two mechanic guys. Which no they weren't in they the were slightest. being framed. <laughs> they were being framed by Matthias. And the bigger boss slash evil clock spirit, which is not a thing at all. Nope, never existed. Nope. No evil clock spirits. They're all innocent butterfly babies. And they're so annoying. They are like, really annoying. why? I need to know, like, where do they come from? Why do they? I guess that's, that would be why I would read the rest of the series to just be like, what the fuck? How does this work? The only one that seems to not be, like, a naive fawn in the forest for the first time is Big Ben. Yeah. He knows what he's about. But everyone else has, like, got these giant eyeballs. You know, you know, like deer eyes or like baby bunny eyes of like don't hurt me i'm precious like that's what i imagine you mean like the puss and boots like yes yes, exactly that's like their entire personality (laughs) yep so that's a little bit obnoxious it's it's really annoying because i just wanted them to have some audacity but like the only audacity that colton had was to hurt himself and that was really frustrating yeah that i mean maybe jealous right uh anyway yeah so you got the villain 100 percent wrong Fuck. 100%. The next question was, who's going to die? Kale said. Yeah, I I don't think, I don't think, I think it's too early for anybody to die. Do you remember? 
I said no one. You said no one. And yeah, that was when Lucas died. I gasped. I was yeah. I was shocked on that front. Like that was a really like talk about a twist, man. Like I know that there was a lot, and like later in the series, you like the hero are at the point where you're like wanting to shake the hero and be like, it's Matthias. Matthias is evil. He's got the girl in the house. You know, like right. you get to that point, and that's what the author wants from you. But Lucas's death, I did not see coming. I was like, fuck, she killed off the bully. Like, but then still made it feel guilty because of the trading of the, I don't know, it was. Well, and I think making it from his perspective made it feel even worse. Like, oh, that hurt. You don't, you don't really feel like, it's hard, it's hard to not empathize or sympathize with someone when something's from their perspective. Yeah. And his own death being from his perspective was pretty brutal. It was awful. And well done, but I awful. Do, I do feel like, and I knew, I mean, I remembered who the villain was um, the whole time, but even in that moment when Danny goes and questions the two mechanic guys that were with him, and I'm with him. Like, I'm like, this follows logic. Like, that they, the bomb went off at the wrong time, and that's why they got injured, but they were like, you know, they're the ones doing this because they're at the scene of the crime. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know. I just thought that was a pretty powerful, like, move on the author's part to kill off this bully. I thought she did a great job. I thought For it was no, an excellent. Nothing related to Danny. Like, just he dies because of this selfishness. I, I thought it was an excellent midpoint. You yeah. know what I mean? In terms of, you know, moving the story along. I thought it was really well done. Well, as it, much as it hurt, it was and good. It, it hurt really bad too because it re-traumatized Danny. Yeah, because he was like, "That could have been me." It almost uh, was me. Like that uh, was pretty powerful. Yeah, it was. It was good. So yeah. I'm okay that I got it wrong. <laughs> okay, the next question. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you got to do it. <laughs> the next question is, "What's the twist?" Kale said, and I think that there's this evil clock tower who is wanting. But he, but he needs a human henchman, right? Like you need to, it, it takes two, right? Okay. To do this like superpower thing, like the red thread and, you know, or the split soulmates. Like you have to have a clock person, a clock spirit, and you have to have a, a mechanic who can see the fabric of time. And then together they have enough power and knowledge between the two of them to be able to control time. So there's an evil clock spirit who needs a, a henchman person who is using these two guys in order to try and do that. But then Matthias and his like lover girl got a taste of it. So he... The, the henchman and the evil one tried to figure out how to, like, disarm them or, like, not help, right? Mm-hmm. This hurts. This yeah. hurts so bad. So here's what I have written down. Oh, God, no. And it'll be fun when you enter the audio from last time. Um, so you said that bonds with clocks are good and evil clock towers need – the evil clock tower needs human henchmen to control time. Uh, yep. Um, I don't, yeah. And they, you said, oh, you got one thing right. Um, <laughs> Whoop-dee-doodle-dee. You said um, that the evil clock spirit trapped the town, which is not true. But a clock spirit did trap the town, just not evil. Yeah, whatever. So that's like meh. And then you said that there's a bond required for the new clock tower to function, which is absolutely true. Yes. I don't think if there was, well, not a bond with a human, though. Which yep. might have been what you meant. That is what I meant. Well, never mind. You fucked it. Yep. <laughs> you cooked the goose. Re- real bad. Because um, there's a new, there's a spirit required for the new tower. Yes. 
Yeah. I also think it's absolutely bullshit that, like, just in terms of Matthias being a dick, that Matthias didn't think to just go put Evelyn in the new Moldlin Tower or whatever. Yeah. And, like, deal with the consequences of his actions. But at least she would be safe. Like, yeah, no. He's so selfish. Like, he was not thinking about her in any way, shape, or form. No, he was super either. consumed with himself. Oh, so gross. Um, and then you also said that there was a B-plot with protesters bombing the clock towers. Nope, that was also a red herring. Yeah, the protesters were a red herring. A big one. And I also think maybe they have more to do in later books. Yes. I could see the protesters being part of the letter that got sent to Danny. Nah, yeah, sure. Let's call it that. Well, because, like, I don't know. I don't if either. someone saw him, like, fuck with time. That's true. When he was running around and, you know, maybe it's Harlan. Maybe Harlan's one of the, like, main protester lackeys or something. I don't know. I'm just yeah, I don't up, either. I'm just making up new plots for the next books. It's fine. So how do you feel about how bad you did? <laughs> um... You know what? I came up with a goddamn good story. It just wasn't this one. I can. I'm just seeing like a little a uh, evil clock tower with like a pencil thin mustache, just like twirling <laughs> his mustache in the tower. Like yes, yes. I need humans to bond with the dollars. I was thinking more of like a Lord Farquaad. Like oh, Farquaad would be good. I was thinking like Bartok voice, very pencil thin and tall. I give him a ha. And a hi yeah, And I kick her, sir. And he's got receding hair. And, like, he's got this little mustache. Like um, bon, bon, bon Voyage in the <laughs> Incredibles movie? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's, it. that's him. That's it. That's the villain you created. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. We didn't have an antagonist. But I guess, you know what also was really interesting is that not only was this a love story, but it was also a mystery. Yeah. Which I found very fascinating, too, that I did not pick up on at all. That, But this was, like, a hardcore mystery, yeah, you it's know? A, it's a whodunit, for sure. Absolutely. And who is continuing to do it, and why yeah. can't we stop them? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's like a, it's a romance, it's a mystery. It's kind of, like, almost like a cop procedural, like... These things like keep happening, like you know, you, they think they solve a problem here, and then something else happens, and we have to run to the the scene of that crime and figure out yeah. what's going on, and like investigate, and then something else happens somewhere else that totally messes up our theory. And I don't know, it felt very like it felt like a mystery, but more of a less of a intellectual mystery, like a Perot kind of like yeah. I've solved the. I figured out who murdered who because of these four, like, really insignificant things. Right. And more of a, like, cops running around trying to figure out shit and shooting people. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> I just did really bad. I did. I, I did okay. so you bad. You thought there was going to be more adventure, and it just didn't happen. No, it didn't. But, you know, that bomb voyage evil clock spirit may come back. No, he won't. Shut up. Keep <laughs> moving on. What's the next fucking question? Um, okay. Why is the story from the main character's perspective? Fuck me. Kale said. He's the prodigy kid. He's the one that is going to be young enough and new enough to think beyond the confines of the mechanic society. You said he is a prodigy mechanic, which is true. Um, and that he can think outside the box, which is less true. 
He's really kind of white bread basic. I think what really it is is that clock spirits show themselves to him. Because, like, Big Ben showed himself to him when he was a kid. Yeah. And then Danny, there's, like, this, like, Lonely Hearts Club thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. And, like, and then the time thing, the time control. I don't know if that's just him or if it's. Any mechanic who cuts gets, like, blood on gears or whatever. I don't know. I think that's going to be a later series thing, too. Right. But I think it might just be him. Maybe. Like he might become a hot commodity. I don't think he's really, like, thinking outside the box isn't really a thing. No. He's just cute and white bread basic. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a lot of trauma that we need to work through. Ugh. Okay, last question. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long since we've done that that I'm like, this recording that I feel like slap happy. Um, A little bit, yeah. We've also been stuck in the house for weeks. weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other thoughts, what other stories does this remind you of? You said soulless. Just for the steampunk. Yeah. You said carry on. Because of the love story. Okay. Which I haven't read yet. I do have it, though. I was going to make you read it. At some point, I will make you read it, unless you want to read it on your own. Well, I have I, it at home, so if I, like, not that I'll run out of books, but I might end up reading it. I'm, I'm Just let me know so I don't force you to read it. Yeah. Um, the Named. Oh, yeah. My time travel one. Yeah. Which there was no time travel. Nope. I mean, there was. Kind of. Stopping. That's not what I meant, though. Right. Like, and in The Named, they go, like, back to the 18th century. Yeah. And he wasn't, like, reversing, even. It was just, like. No. Stop and starting. Stop and start. And then you said wolf by wolf. Oh, because of alternate histories. Okay. Less so now. That's another one I'll make you read eventually, too. Okay, so you kind of piecemealed, like, sections. You're like, this part of this book reminds me of this other book. I would say that it still does for the first two, but not for the second two. Okay. Yeah. I'm... I mean, it's a good book, and I'm glad that you liked it, even though your predictions were terrible. I don't even know. Like, I just, God, I just made up characters that weren't even there. I'm just mad at myself because I didn't even, like, I didn't use the pieces I had. You know what I mean? Because, like, in the first fucking six chapters, he gave me everything I needed, you know? And I started, like, making up shit that wasn't even there. Yeah, but that's what we always do. That's the point. That is true. That That is the point of this whole experiment, that and getting each other to read things we never would normally read and... You know, reading outside of our boxes and out of our comfort zones. Um, it's just a really weird way for us to write fan fiction. Pretty much. <laughs> to outline fan fiction. We're not writing it. No, I don't have time to write that shit. Um, <laughs> although I am reading a Harry Potter, Alana crossover fan fiction where like. What? Yeah. So it's, it's, so um, basically Harry so James, Lily, Sirius, and Lupin and all of them survived and shit. And they have the kid who is Harry but a girl. Okay. And she switches places with Lily and James's son who wants to go to school in America to become a healer. But she can't go to Hogwarts because they just accept purebloods. Okay. And so they switch places and she pretends to be a boy. Um is it actually Alana cross fiction or is it just like Alana story type? A- Alana story type. Okay. Um, and they like switch That's places awesome. and it's actually pretty badass right now. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. 
and like Draco becomes her love interest. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh, so. you're going to send this to me. I will also, send it to you. If anyone ever wants fan fiction recs of the Harry Potter variety, hit me up. Allison's <laughs> your girl. <laughs> I I never read fan fiction because I wasn't allowed on the internet a lot as a kid. So. You just wrote it. Well, but I didn't know it was fan fiction, right? So I wrote, because I never wrote novelizations. I always wrote screenplays. So I wrote, you know, Hannah Montana fan fiction. I wrote um, Glee fan fiction. I wrote, so I would write scripts to all of these. Um, and I still That's have my favorite them thing somewhere. about you. Yeah. So I wrote <laughs> scripts and I wrote my own TV shows. I wrote this one TV show called The Dating Doctor. I wrote six episodes of that. It was a sitcom. Oh my God. Uh, and I wrote, yeah, I wrote. I wrote all this, all of these scripts because I didn't know, I didn't know it was fan, like I didn't know what so, fan fiction was. So and so like I just. And, like and subscribe if you would like to, for Michaela to publish these. So no. Oh them. my God. No. But that should be like, I wonder if we do a challenge or something and it's a punishment at some point, but um, <laughs> God, no, no, I don't. Oh, fuck. No, that's embarrassing. But I did, I did write Harry Potter fan fiction in college. One Harry Potter fan fiction in college. Um, As which every was, young woman should. I know. I think they should. Which you have not, though. You haven't written any, right? I don't think so. Unless I, like, really forgot. That is one thing that I find very super interesting about you, is that you are such a reader. You not know, a writer. And, and you're not a writer. And that's, I think, so cool. Um, I was talking to my friend the other day, actually, and he was. I was talking about, you know, picking up new hobbies basically during this weird time where we are in, in, in our houses um and he was like oh you should write a story and i was like mm, no <laughs> he was like what do you mean and i was like i don't have a story and he was like what do you mean you don't have a story and i was like there aren't stories in my head cole like deal with it that's not how that them. works i just don't have them i just don't think of them it's not how my brain works which is i think weird compared like considering how many stories i consume yeah, but it's just, I don't know, it makes me think of a line in The Fault in Our Stars, and I'm sorry, but I, God. there was, fuck off, there was, there, but no, he, he, he compliments Hazel because she reads poetry, but she doesn't write it, and he thought that was really interesting as a 17-year-old girl that she only consumed poetry and didn't write it, and I always thought about that because I was like, oh, doesn't every reader want to be a writer? Because that was me, but that's not the case. And actually, a lot of like librarians and stuff that I meet that I find that they're actually in the minority. They just enjoy reading. Yeah. Also, that's such a condescending John Green fucking thing to say that I cannot. <laughs> God, I hate that book. It's fine. <laughs> I'm well, you know what? Speaking of books that you hate. Oh, no. Um, I'm not making you read a John Green. And that's it. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making off. you. I'm not making you read a John Green, but it is a YA contemporary romance. Okay. Um, I met this author when I met John Green in 2012 okay. um, at LeagueyCon. You don't know this. Um, she writes horror thrillers now. Is it um, Rin Gepetto or whatever? Nope. Oh. Um, okay. Please continue. Nope. It is. Um, she writes like horrors now, which they suck. Sorry. I want her to go back to the cutesy romance. Oh, I books. know who it is. Who is it? Jessica Brody. Nope. Really? Really. Mm. Um, it is the author is Stephanie Perkins. Oh. And the book is Anna and the French Kiss. Okay, why do you not think I'm gonna like this? Just because it's contemporary? You said you hate YA contemporary romance. 
Well, I mean, hate is strong. It's not, it's not pretentious. I mean, it's a little pretentious. St. Clair's a little pretentious. They are at a French boarding school. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so they are at a French boarding school. But here's the thing, is that I really wanted you to read Isla and the Happily Ever After, which out of the three of them is my absolute favorite. And it has some really great... Um, it has some of the first uh, autism rep that I ever witnessed in a book, uh-huh. um, which was really... It's a side character, but still. And Isla and the Happily Ever After is my favorite, but... I can't make you jump to the third one because while it is a romance series in terms of that they all can be read separately, like, you would lose a lot of, I think, the appreciation of Isla and the Happily Ever After. Okay, Um, there's a lot of context. Yeah, because you actually meet Isla in this first book, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good, it was the first introduction to romance that I had before I met you. Because I thought it was actually really clever and awesome that she um, wove these two, di- these three different couples that all knew each other. It was the same universe. And then you realize that's every romance series ever. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to read Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. Um, it's cute. I hope you like it. How I was going to. I don't know. I'm I was going to. Okay, I was going to pick a, a, a sad contemporary YA, and I just feel like I can't handle that right now. Yeah, so we're no, going to pick we a happy a little, one. We need a little joy in our lives. Yep. It's 372 pages. So... 300 and... That's fine. It's not that bad. No. That I've, works out I've great. I've been way meaner to you. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last book, we, the book we just read was way longer. Over 400 pages. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not... I'm like... I, I'm not upset... I have okay. no expectations is really how I feel, which good. is maybe, maybe a good place to start. I think that's a good place to start. Um, I have no expectations whether I will hate or like or love this book. So, yay. Okay. That's fun. That's kind of a well, fun place to start from. Yeah. So read Anna and the French Kiss with us um, by Stephanie Perkins for the month of April. Thank yeah. you guys again. We hope you all are staying safe and as sane as you possibly can be. Um, we're going to keep this book club going. We really appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah. And if you're feeling isolated, because you are, um, but, you know, you need to talk to people or whatever, like hang out with us on social or, you know, hit us up on the Goodreads book club. We will, you know, have the book up and you can make comments and talk to each other and kind of build a little bit of a community. And that would be a good time That'd to do cool. that. That'd be cool. Because, nah. yeah. And also, I'm just going to shout out really quick. Um, if you follow the Tattered Cover Bookstore on Instagram, they're, they're this is Kales's work. Um, <laughs> they're doing, like, Instagram Live author visits yeah. for the next couple of weeks and probably, you know, farther. Um, and the one yesterday was super awesome. Who was it? Emily St. John? Emily St. John Mandel, who Mandel, wrote yeah. Station and Station Eleven and The Glass Castle, which I have to read now because I was not interested in The Glass Castle. And then after hearing her talk, I was like, I just feel like I just earned seven more intelligence points points by listening to this. Yeah, so. she was super cool. So I, I was like, I was just in awe the whole time. So yeah, yeah. if you need some author, if you're ones, in for author stuff, go hang out, go check out Tattered Cover Bookstore. Um, and we're not making you pay for them right now, like yeah, some other free. bookstore. They're free, and Kales is running them, and she's amazing, and <laughs> also, they're just really cool. So, just for a mini shout-out. 
Yep. And Yay. we appreciate that. Thank you, book lovers. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're also participating. Oh, this would have finished by the time we put this up. But we also participated in the Boobies and Newbies Quarantine Spirit Week, which I loved. Yeah, <laughs> so that so was super fun. fun. Good job. Shout out to Kelly there. Um, I'm done. Do you have yeah, anything else? Too. We should be okay. done with this. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. That's not how we exit. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm do Kales. We, do we not? Okay. God. Literally... I every cannot, single fucking every time, time, girl. I don't understand why my brain can't do it. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I'm Allison. I'm Kales. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye. Bye.